You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome, my friends, to the That's Ball Folks podcast. I am your host, Josh Reynolds. This is episode five with special guest Ekam Negra of the Ball Don't Stop podcast and brand. I absolutely love this conversation. Can't wait for you to hear it. We'll dive into it. But before we do, how's everybody doing? My voice, as you can tell, is very hoarse and it is gone because I got uh, this is this was my past week. And I have to just explain it and explain myself because I sound like a chain smoker. So I was in Houston for work last week, got a last second text from my aunt saying, yo, we've got an extra ticket to the Phillies game. Can you make it out? Made it happen. Was there for the game on Friday. And as you can imagine, in that third inning, my voice was shot, shot completely. The Reese Hoskins home run, followed by Bryce Harper's home run. Five straight hits on five straight pitches. Phillies dominate. It was unbelievable. It's my favorite baseball game that I've ever been to. It was by, like, hands down the funnest baseball game I've ever been to. Baseball, yes. The people I was with, obviously, I was surrounded by family. Absolutely loved it. Wish my brother Jer was there. Shout out, Jer. Wish you were there. But it was a blast. Also, shout out my guy, Jory Hansen. My, I haven't seen this dude literally since high school. So funny little backstory. I get a text from one of my best friends, Skitty, who's like, hey, dude, uh, Jory is at the Phillies game, and he's wearing a Cowboys jersey. <laughs> so, so I look on his Instagram, and he is walking through Philadelphia wearing a Diggs Cowboys jersey. He's a huge Cowboys fan. He is out for the game. Uh Uh, the Sunday night game. So I shoot him a text. I'm like, dude, are you at this Phillies game? He's like, yo, yes, this is my section. You got to come like, come down and see me, whatever. Like, great. So I go down and see him. And at this point he has changed his Cowboys Jersey. He's wearing a Philly shirt. And I asked him, I'm like, yo, you changed. What's going on? He's like, Hey, this is my first time in Philly. Uh, Philly's no joke. Like I've had a bunch of stuff said to me throughout the day, but like had somebody be like, Hey, no, seriously. Like I highly recommend you change. Heaven forbid something happens and the Phillies start losing. Uh, things are going to get bad. So he changed anyway. Amazing to see him uh, again. I haven't seen him in so long and what a guy shout out Jory. So after the Phillies game, I got on a flight at 6am, came back home to Utah and went to the Utah Utes USC football game, which is probably the, for sure, top three funnest college football games I've ever been to. Shout out you, the Utes, of course, uh, for pulling it out. 
43-42. What a win. Taking down USC. I've had season tickets to the Utes now for five years. I've only seen one loss at home, and it was against Washington the very first year. They don't lose at home. We don't lose at home. And so clearly from screaming nonstop all weekend, my voice is hoarse. The birds cap it all off with the win against the Cowboys. What a time to be alive. What a time to be a Philadelphia sports fan. My goodness. All of that encapsulated with the Sixers looking absolutely dominant in the preseason. Again, it's preseason. Hardly anybody plays. And if they do play, it's like the first half, whatever. You know my thoughts on the Sixers. Season starts next week. I can't even believe it. I just, it's an unbelievable time to be a Philadelphia sports fan. And it's amazing. It feels great. I hope everybody's doing good, though. I hope you all had a great week. I'm sure you all are riding high and you deserve it. Rightfully so. Uh, I don't want to take up any more time, especially because you have to listen to my terrible voice. Uh, So let's dive right into it. This is my conversation again with Ekam Negra, uh, the Ball Don't Stop podcast brand lifestyle at this point. Uh, let's dive right into it. Let's go. Today, I am lucky enough to be joined by one of my genuine favorite Twitter follows for a long time, and it is a true honor to have him on here. Ekam Negro, the founder of the Ball Don't Stop podcast, not even podcast, brand at this point. Um, my brother, how's it going? Good, brother. Thank you for having me, man. Uh, happy to be on here and talk with you, man. Of course. Anytime I get to chat hoops is always a pleasure, but like we were just talking about, to get to chat with somebody who isn't here for the hot takes and the clout and everything like that is a uh, real. It's an honor. So thank you thank for you. being on here. Thank you, man. Thank you. Of, of course. So w- let's dive into it before we chat ball and everything like that. I want to, I want to know some more about yourself, man. Well, uh, please tell us, tell the listeners about you, your background, where you're from, where you grew up, kind of give us, give us a lowdown. Yeah. So I'm born and raised in Vancouver, Canada. Um, okay. That's where the, that's where the Grizzlies used to play. Um, You know, I'm a Sikh. That's why the turban, you know, you see it. Uh, a lot of people don't know what Sikhs are in the States, right? Um, I don't know if you do or not, but, you know, it, it's uh, it's like the world's uh, fifth largest faith uh, based out of based out of Punjab, India. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of like our parents, like our parents' generation, they, they, they immigrated over here to Canada, um, parts in California, you know, parts in New York, even some in Philly, um, Toronto. And, uh, you know, there was just we just built a huge community here, you know, so. I'm not a perfect Sikh, right? I, I keep my hair uncut though and, and covered. Um, but you know, I'm not the I'm not the poster boy for what a, what a you know perfect Sikh looks like. And S I K H. But you know that that is my background. That's what I straight to try to stay true to, and that's what I represent. You know, and um, uh, that's try that we're supposed to live by. It's not you know it's a, it's a religion, but it's a way of life, obviously. And I'm not yeah. the most. I'm not the most uh, perfect religious guy, but, you know, that is what I represent, you know, the same way, you know, a Christian would go about their day, the same way um, a Muslim would go about their day, you know, like, that's why a lot of people, they see me like, oh, what is that on his head, or what is he, or who is he, right, and, and that's why, uh, you know, I like doing stuff like this, because, and I'm glad you asked that, because I get to explain it, you know, mm-hmm. I'm just so caught up in talking about basketball, but, um, yeah, man, I, I born and raised Vancouver, B.C., uh, you know, started playing basketball at the age of seven, uh, you know, and uh, fell in love with the game at a young age, you know, watching, 
uh, Kobe Bryant, watching watching AI, watching, you know, I, I remember my first me initial memories were like Michael Jordan's in the city here in Vancouver. Um, but I, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't know what was going on. But, you know, yeah. I got into the game at a very young age, age six, seven, and, you know, dominating, seeing Shaq dominate, um, seeing Vince Carter, Trace McGrady, those are the guys that made me fall in love with the game. And, uh, you know, I was just really, like, glued to the sport from a young age, man, and uh, played basketball, um, you know, just, you know, regular guy, man, regular guy that's, you know, like a, a brown guy in Canada, basically, just living his <laughs> life, you know. <laughs> I love it. And to, just to touch back on it as well, I'm glad that you, you brought up, like, religion and, and you being a Sikh, everything like that. So I talk about it on my podcast openly. I'm a Mormon. And yeah. so this might be the first time in history that you've got a Mormon and a Sikh on a podcast talking <laughs> yeah, basketball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it probably is, man. It has to be. And I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, for sure. Um, oh, I love it, man. For real. And being in Vancouver, how old are you, by the way? I'm 29. 29. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm 30. So we're we're yeah, relatively yeah, yeah. I, I consider us young still. I don't know about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean I I hope we're still young, man. Yeah, for real. Though, right? <laughs> for real. So you you were just a little guy then when uh, when the Grizzlies pieced out from Vancouver. Yeah, I was six years old. We used to go to games. Um, you know, at that time, it was like we were like in a state of shock just seeing all these guys. You know, our parents, like, they didn't even know what basketball was when they came here, right? Uh -huh. Like, they just kind of, like, picked up on it in the 90s, you know, and uh, we were the generation that, like, really like understood it fell in love with it studied it and, and you know i remember just watching guys like sharif abdurrahim mike bibby mm -hmm. um you know i remember just going to games we always used to go to games when the stars would come you know because the grizzlies weren't that good yeah um you know they they weren't winning but you know it, it, so it was hard to get that city behind them because we were just a new like canada had the raptors and the, the grizzlies yeah um, but again like that that generation we weren't ready for an NBA team, but you know, we, there was a lot of us that were like watching and we'd see Vince Carter come and you could just feel the excitement in the air, man. And, and those nights, I remember those nights were just crazy. Um, but yeah, they, they got out of there in 01. And then from there, you know, what's crazy is like our new home team, we adopted the Sonics because Seattle is actually a two and a half hour drive away from us. Yeah. Um, so then we had like a five year run with the Sonics as our team. And then they dipped. They piece too, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I was a huge Sixers fan. That's that's so I was always I have major Sixer roots because Al Iverson was my favorite player. Okay. Um, you know, the the first time I could fully comprehend basketball was like I was like eight years old watching the two thousand one finals. And yep. uh, you know, like you could just see it and I was like, Holy shit. That whole run was crazy because they they faced the Raptors and uh, you know that was when we saw Iverson in Canada just light it up and you know that that right there made me fall in love with the sport deeper than ever you know yeah. so the Sixers I always I wanted the Sixers to win 01 I wanted the Sixers to you know I wanted the little guy to win I wanted that guy to go out there and lead them over it but you know it is <laughs> just the, I always I always fuck with the Sixers you know? yeah I I love that man I'm I'm very yeah. similarly to you I mean it's funny because. This little white Mormon kid sees Allen Iverson, this dude who's with tatted up, got the chains, the cornrows, everything. And I immediately fell in love with it. Like it wasn't just yeah. him. It was everything about it. Right. It was the whole it yeah. was he's obviously we all know this, but like he's the one who brought hip hop culture to basketball. So for me and my little self, I'm like, I love rap music. I want to be exactly yeah. like this little dude because I'm tiny yeah. and I can relate yeah. to it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
Yeah. So he I, is, I feel he, you. His, his whole his whole aura, like he touched everyone, you know. Yeah. And I don't like how divided the world is now. Like it's just like we're all. But like, if you think about it, like what Iverson did was so dope because he brought people from all over the world, different avenues, Mormon kids, Sikh kids, <laughs> yep. and like he he made you fall in love with the game of basketball, you know. Yeah. And I think that's what it should be about, man. That that. Like I've been to places like I've been to villages in India and they don't speak English. They don't know what anything is, but they know who Alan Iverson is. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Well, speaking of Iverson, that is the very first time that I heard of you guys at Ball Don't Stop was your yeah. article that you wrote when Iverson's retirement and everything like that. And I knew it blew up. And this was this was years ago. But I that's the very first time I heard of you guys. I read it. I'm like, this is awesome. So I've been following you ever since. But well, let's kind of dive into that. What obviously you your love of basketball started at an early age. What made you want to start, and what was kind of your inspiration of getting ball don't stop uh, created? Yeah, so that? yeah, so I played basketball at a, at a pretty high level here in Vancouver. I was I was one of the better players in my age group. You know, um, mm-hmm. grad class twenty eleven. Like, you know, there was like a chance that I could have played. You know, high level college ball here in Canada and. You know, I was really devoted to the game. I, I was a guard. I was like, I was here. I was considered the competition at that time wasn't close to what it is in the States. So, you know, mind you, like in the States, it would have been different. I probably would have been a six man off the bench somewhere, seventh man. But here I was, I was a big fish in a small pond. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I was under the radar, like our team didn't win much, but we were always, uh, I was always one of the more skilled guys in the city that I'm from. And, uh, you know, I was putting up. 24 25 a game you know my senior year yeah and yeah yeah so like basketball was my breakfast lunch and dinner you know I eat sleep and breathe the game from a young age and mm-hmm. you know after school putting up shots you know I was training like I had hoop dreams too you know like we thought you know we thought that time you could make the NBA it was easy like as kids but it's not yeah. we thought you know we thought playing division one college basketball is easy but it's not but at the, as a kid you're dreaming right when you're 12 13 14 years old yep you know, you're not going to hear someone tell you otherwise. And, um, you know, just at the end of the day, I was a guy that was working his ass off. And and that's where a lot of my basketball peaks or whatever you want to call them, they come from a place of work more than anything. They come from a place of repetition, you know, because I know what I can, I can simulate what a Steph does in his off season to get the result that he's getting, you know, because I've on a much, 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 much smaller frequency, you know, I put up a thousand shots a day. I've, been in the weight room four or five times a week working on my body. You know, I've had games where I'm being double teamed, trapped, you know, boxing one, things like that. So, you know, I was really just a student of the game and I played the game. And, uh, you know, around 2011, like that was my senior year. I was under the radar. We weren't winning much. I was like, damn, like I'm not, I knew I wasn't going to play in the States. I knew I wasn't going to play division one, but in the, in the, in Canada, we have, um, we have our own version of that. So we have a thing called the CIS. Okay. Um, and we have we have um, we have our own version of JUCO. You know how you guys have JUCO? Yeah. We have our own version of JUCO. It's called the CCAA, and um, those are junior colleges, and then the big colleges. So my plan was go to this junior college. I had a lot of interest from those, yeah. um, you know, in, in the city, and uh, you know, just go out there, play my first year, dominate, and then potentially move up to a CIS. That would have been like yo, hoop cream completed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of guys, a lot of guys that I grew up with that went on to that level. A lot of my peers went on to that level. Um, but for me, it was, uh, you know, a little bit tricky because they were like, you know, you're, you're, you're putting up a lot of points, your score, you know, you, you're very skilled. You can shoot the ball. 
Um, you move without the ball and, and things like that. You can you can be a big point guard for us. I mean, six two point guard, six one point guard here was still big. Yeah. And uh, you know, um, and then from there it was just like, yo, like this is this was it. I was like, you know, it's 2012. Um, so they they said, look, you could uh, we're gonna bring you in. We we like what you we like what you um, bring on the floor. And we think you could be a key part of this team. You know, three four years from now. And they, that's when I redshirted. So I was in my redshirt year at one of these junior colleges and uh, just practicing with the team, going through it. And I was just like, I, I, you know, I started making plans for after basketball because I knew it was going to end. You know, I knew I had to yeah. enter the real world at some point. So I was studying to become a strength and conditioning trainer thing, and, and kinesiology and things like that. I did all that. And that was what I was going to school for. Um, and then I was just playing and I was, I was just doing the math. I was like, okay, if I do end up on this team next year, you know, I got to – because at that point, like, if you're not making the league, if you're not going overseas, if you're not Division One, you really got to have an honest conversation with yourself. And it's like you got to devote yourself to the game of basketball, right? You, yep. In order to even play at JUCO, you have to now – you know, you have to be putting up shots every day. You have to be training every day. You have to be eating the right way every day. You got to be waking up at a certain time. And yeah. I knew that's what it took, but that is very physically taxing. And the reason a lot of – a lot of guys that and it's such a blessing that I was like that door kind of closed on its own and that's when I went I pivoted I'm like okay basketball media is a mess you know yeah, like yeah. I literally just witnessed Allen Iverson get blackballed from the league you know and I'm like I was upset about that and I'm like yo I, I wish I could have done something about it and we were still in the blog era we were at the end of the blog era around 2013 you know remember when we used to read articles there was that era we would read articles what a, what a time that was. Yeah, and we would read articles. We'd have our favorite writers. We'd have mm -hmm. our favorite publications. You know, it, it was social media, I want to say, took off around 14, 15, 16, 17. We were, like, on yeah. it. Yep. But um, so I, I was like, okay, I'm going to start a blog. I'm going to start a website. This is before, right before Instagram. This is right before, uh, right before this boom of where you could just consume content with scroll on yeah. your phone, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I, I learned, I learned, I had a guy in my class, you know, I didn't know, to be honest, I wasn't that good of a student. So I didn't know. I just wasted my whole day playing basketball. That's what my parents said. Right. So, um, I had a guy in, in this random computer science class in college and, uh, you know, he was like, I can help you do SEOs. And like, you know, this was like a, a tech geek and I'm like, yo, really? And he's like, yeah, he's like, start, he's like, start what you want to start. And I'll, I'll put in all these codes that are going to make your shit rank on Google. And I was like, oh, really? And he's like, yeah. I was like, what's that going to do for me? He's like, so whatever you write, say you write about Iverson, say you write about so-and-so, it's going to get pushed to the top ranks. I'm like, really? And uh, he's like, yeah. And I was like, that'd be great. He's like, you're going to get traffic. You should put ads on this site and, uh, you know, just express your passion. So I started writing. I started writing about everything, like, from a different a whole different perspective basically from a hooper's perspective you know mm -hmm. and uh and that's when that's when this shit started taking off and blowing up because i was getting those ranks um you know now it's just social media we abandoned the website we turned it into like a landing page now yeah back then we had highlights videos all our content was just like as a blog coming out coming out and and i remember just you know i was sending that to the right people iverson's team got in touch with Assad somehow around his retirement and that's when i just i got my foot in the door you know like whoever was reading these was liking it 
and 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 yeah they the right people were seeing it, it was a blessing you know god does things how god wants to do things for you how they're meant and yeah you know from there when that blew up and and i started getting accreditation for nba games and i was like wow like i could really make something with this and yeah. uh you know i mean it's just the way it blew up i was like okay i'm gonna create an independent basketball media outlet i'm gonna run it top to bottom we're gonna go interview players we're gonna do what we do we're gonna try to get the access we could get and I was just doing things, you know, for the love of the game and, and mm-hmm. seeing where it goes. And then when it took off, I basically dropped out of college. You know, I was, I had opened a strength. And, I was in the process of running a strength and conditioning company here. Um, I put everything on hold for two years from 2013 to 15. I built Ball Don't Stop. I built the foundation. I built the following. I built the social. I built the entire everything, you know, top to bottom. And uh, since then, man, I've just been growing on it, expanding on it and, and crazy where it's gone. For real, man. Shout out your guy in your computer science class. We hooked it up <laughs> yeah, with the SEO yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah. Seriously, bro. <laughs> That's so awesome. Well, it's clearly worked because, uh, again, I think the biggest difference is you just said it. Like, your stuff comes from a place of love. Like, you love mm-hmm. the game. So rather than yeah. these guys, like I mentioned, just looking for clout, looking for clicks and follows in today's social media world, it's like, no, like everything you put out is genuinely from a place you love the game of basketball. Yeah. And yeah. that separates you from everybody else, which is awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. For me, it's, it's just really, that's, that's what it is. I'm just still, still to this day, I'm the kid that was putting up shots, working on his footwork, working on his post game, working on his mid range game, working on coming off screens and working on just being a better defender and things like that, you know, in my small frequency, you know, it's like a blessing. Yeah. I was a big fish in a small pond. So I trained like I was a pro. I trained like I was the t- top guy in the country, you know, even though at that time, it was a blessing to not know that you really ain't shit in the grand scheme of things, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. because, yeah. you know, nowadays it's a little discouraging for these kids. They see all these major prospects, these freak athletes. We didn't even know what that was at that time. We had nope. just started to learn, you know, as the John Wall mixtapes were coming out, you know, like all oh, that yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. And also for anybody who's listening to this, shout out to you. Because you're not just talking. I've seen your clips. I've you yeah. just tweeted something not that long ago of you just getting up shots in the gym. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're you're like a real player. It's not yeah. you you can really hoop. Yeah, yeah. I train kids here. I train the guys that are so that's another thing. I like when I was really focused on what am I gonna do after this basketball stuff in, uh-huh. it was building things like through my passion, you know, a training academy for youth, um, training high school players, college players, like it's crazy. I didn't the level I didn't get to, I train kids to get to that level now. And they get to that level and they dominate. And um, that's the best feeling, you know? So I'm really, I'm in a gym every day. Like after this, I'm going to be three hours from now. I'm going to be on a court with, with kids today working on their game. Awesome. That's so yeah. sweet. So you're in a way you're doing the best of both worlds. You get to do the yeah, media basically. stuff. And at the same time, yeah. you're training kids. That's unreal. Yeah, 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 for sure. Did you ever think that the pro-am would be something like when you were envisioning all this stuff, was that a part of your plan always, or was that just kind of no. organically popped up? Man, that, that, whatever we do, no matter how much content we create, that's my favorite thing. And that to me is the biggest dream. Um, it's like a simulation. Like we just look around and we're like, yo, like we did this, this. Is what you did. <laughs> like we did this, like, yo, um, you know, like my, my initial, the rise that we had was insane. People in the city where I'm from Vancouver, it's a tight knit community. Uh-huh. Um, obviously there's a lot of politics and you know like it's not like philly where it's spread out you know like yeah you guys are so big are you from philly or Pittsburgh? yeah yeah yeah. family's all in philly yep i'm located in utah of all places now uh yeah, yeah, out, that's, out where, that's where the mormons are you know bingo utah. yep <laughs> yeah and um 
Yeah. So, you know, it's funny because Utah is like, is, it, is that like the Mormon capital of the U.S.? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So Sikhs are in New Jersey. They're in Cali. They're in uh, Vancouver. So, you know, your guys' community is um, similar. It's very, uh, if there's a Mormon basketball star in your community, you'll know about him, right? Yep. Bingo. Yeah. 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 So similar, similar thing here. And uh, anyways, um, the pro-am man, the pro-am. So I was just, it's crazy. We were, uh, we were in Seattle. We were at Jamar Proper's pro-am covering the game. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were, we were always doing video highlights now. So I had got into the hoop mixtape balls life, similar to what they do. You know, we're filming now we're doing yeah. it all. We're here, you know, and uh, somebody Jamal had seen my content years, years ago and he had seen it and he had liked it or he had read an article or something. And he, he liked the video and, and me and him were talking. He's like, yo, like, you, I love what you're doing. I love what you've built, man. And this, Cause he's the ultimate hooper. And he's like, Yo, totally. This is, this is amazing. Like this is, this is everything that needs to be happening. And you know, we, he was like, yo, I, I always, cause Jamal used to come to Vancouver. He used to play in like a street tournament here. And um, I was like, look, man, we have no NBA there. Um, you know, like we'd love to, we'd love to get you up there. And he's like, yo, if it's you guys, I'd love to do it. You know, let's do it. Let's do like a big pro-am event there. And uh, a pro-am game there. You know, I'll bring my Seattle squad. You put together a Vancouver team and um, of the top overseas guys, college guys, and uh, let's uh, let's have this big game. And, man, we did it. We put it together. We put tickets on sale, sold out in one day. 2,500 people at this game in 2016. And I'm like, yo, like, what is this? What did we just do? You know, you went from you went from studying these guys, watching these guys, writing about these guys, to now they're playing in your – city (laughs) your country they're coming to a different country to play in your pro-am just on the genuine you know authentic relationship you got have with these guys and the respect you have that to me was like yo after that day i was like this was 2016 i was just 23 22 years old and i was like i'm good whatever i do now like i really live my basketball dream and like we would have celebrities all the local hockey players ending us up and you know we just built on it we did it year after year covid shut it down and mm-hmm. then now we took it, now we took it to the East to Toronto. So it's just grown. It's just grown. And, uh, you know, we just get more and more guys, more NBA guys want to play. And so uh, it awesome. became a thing, man. Yeah. It became a thing like, yo, if we're going to go to Canada, there's a pro-am up there and, uh, the ball don't stop pro-am. And, uh, you know, cause guys want to play in the summer. Guys want to get a run in. Yeah. Guys also want to, guys also want to travel. They want to see different cities, different communities. And, uh, you know, we became that thing. We became Canada's biggest pro-am basically because of that. And, we do like a one day event. It's three day. It's three day event with like high school all star game, ball don't stop high school showcase, wow. ball don't stop. You know, junior junior boys showcase girls, and then we have that pro am, and it's just an amazing vibe. That is so awesome. Was this this last year? Was that your first year back from COVID? The pro am this, this summer, this past summer, right? This here? past summer, yeah, 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 yeah. That that um, August August was our last. August twentieth was our return awesome. from from COVID. So. We took because Canada was really locked up, so we had yeah. to take like we had to take um, 2020, 21 off, and then you know even twenty nineteen we didn't do it. So this was our return in three years, and now it's back. So next year we're gonna do a West Coast, we're gonna bring Vancouver back, and then we're gonna do an East Coast, probably Montreal, Toronto. Unreal. I, yeah. I'm not I'm not kidding. I'm heading up for it. Wherever you gotta, you if gotta, you do it, East Coast, West Coast, I'll make it happen. Yeah, you gotta come, man. It's amazing. I love it. So an- another thing that really, so we, we see eye to eye on a lot of basketball takes 
But one thing that really hit close to home, and I think it hit close to home with a lot of Philly fans, you are a big, big preacher on the eye test compared to analytics. And I love that. The last couple of years, it's kind of become like a joke online, right? People making up these stats and names of stats, whatever for it. People, I'm just saying off the top, I love Jokic. I love his game, but he is attached to a lot of different analytics and Jokic is nasty. He absolutely deserves to be MVP. I'm not not disagreeing with that, but I think long gone are the days of the eye test of looking at a dude and being like, this dude can hoop rather than looking at a stat sheet and being like, oh, wow, like, look at this guy. What kind of what sparked you to be so outspoken about it? And from me, myself and all Philadelphia, thank you for being the, the face of that. Yeah, you know, um, I love Philly. I love Philly. Philly's one of my favorite markets because of this uh, hard nosed blue collar. Yep. You don't got to give them a piece of paper to see what's going no. on, man. They're watching. They, know. <laughs> they, feel, they feel it. They feel it, you know, and, and, and me coming up, how I come up, you know, similar, similar, you know, like we're gritty. We, we just love. Yeah, action. We feel we feel what's happening. You know, we're really passionate about it. And uh, you know, like to me, I mean, you know, you don't even have to have played. Like you already know if we were we've been watching basketball forever now. Like when was basketball ever looked at through graphs, through these terms, and through all these crazy things? You know, we knew what it was. Whatever we saw. With our own eyes, we felt that, you know, you, you could disagree with certain things. You could argue about certain comparisons and things like that. Yeah. But at the end of the day, the foundation of the game was always to watch the game. You know, um, if you walk into a gym in 2006, the first thing you're looking at is who's the most talented guy and who are, you could just see it with your own eyes. You, you see know? it right when you walk in. Yep. You watch yeah. layup lines and you're like that dude. Yeah. And yep. you just know. And then you watch the game and it's like, okay, it's further confirmed. Yep. And then you look at the stat sheet. Oh, what do he have? That's when you just say, oh, he had like 25, 10, and like six. Wow. And you'd go to home. Yep. You'd go home. That's it. End of story, you know? Yep. Um, you weren't looking at Iverson's field goal percentage. No, no. Never. Dude, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't hear about Iverson's field goal percentage until 2016-17. I was like, yo, <laughs> this man's been retired for <laughs> five years. You're talking about it now? I never heard about it when he was playing. And, yep. You know? It's like, um, I think what ended up happening, man, is when this digital, it's, it's really deep because when this digital boom happened, mm-hmm. when this social media boom happened, basketball ended up, you know, if you really think back, people who watch basketball in the 2000s and the 90s, they really just liked basketball, yeah. you know? Um, it was because they liked basketball or, or it was because they had a hometown team that they really were passionate about and they loved. Yep. And um, through that, through that, through that support for that team, they'd see other teams and other players around the league. Yeah. What ended up happening now is because you ended up getting anonymous people behind hidden accounts, you started getting all these new age kids and new age people that they don't have that love for a team or a player or, or, or the game in itself. They turned it, they found an opportunity as the world went more tech, as the world went more, you know, smart, if the, yeah. as the world went more digital, as the world went more analytical, they found now an opportunity to create basketball and ter- sorry to turn basketball into a marketplace. And yep. I hated that because it's flipped the sport upside down because now basketball, even up, even up until the media level, right. Is national media is now starting to see it as a marketplace. They're now starting to see it in numbers. They're now starting to see it. And that was never the essence of the game. The yeah. essence of the game was the essence of the game was 
the the art form, the competitive nature of the game, the skills, the the you know like just just the intensity and passion that goes into team sports. That was the essence of the game, and these guys have brought in a whole another encyclopedia and criteria of things, and it just drove me nuts, you know. And I came in at the right time. I feel like I was one of the guys that was very vocal. Yeah. Because, you know, there's just no way. You know it. I know it. You know, all the players know it. The guys that play in the league know it. There's just no way that basketball should be consumed the way these people are telling. And I'm not saying numbers don't matter. Numbers yeah, of do course. Matter. Of course. Yeah, numbers do matter. You know, numbers always matter. We always looked at numbers. But, you know, the game cannot be measured and quantified from top to bottom. There's so many layers and elements to this sport. Yep. Um, there's so much that goes into every single th- thing we see on the court come to life. There's so much that goes into the end number or analytic you're seeing. Therefore, that analytic stat or whatever formula you got, it's borderline irrelevant because yep. shit, there's a million different ways to spin it. There's a million different ways to make someone look good, to make yeah. someone look bad. When you watch, you know Nikola Jokic is nasty. You know yeah, he's so skilled. You know he's an amazing player. I've never watched Nikola Jokic and said some number stuff. I'm just like, yo, like, holy, this guy can't <laughs> That pass, pass was yeah. ridiculous. Yep, yeah, yep. that pass was ridiculous. You know, his vision, his just feel and, and patience with the basketball is incredible. Yeah. Um, and, and, and he can make shots from everywhere. Yep. But, you know, I go on Twitter and I'm just seeing certain form. I'm like, what is this shit, man? Like, this yes. is not what it is. No, <laughs> it's so bad. It was our the very first time we had a Twitter interaction. I tweeted something. It was during the MVP race and. My obviously yeah. my following's all Philadelphia, so I kind of cater to yeah, them yeah. a little bit. And I tweeted something yeah. that was like, Kevin Durant and Tyrese Halliburton think that Joel Embiid should be the MVP. Who cares? Let's hear what so and so from the Denver Post and from the Oklahoma City Gazette have to say. Yeah, I it's like, that. I remember yeah. that. <laughs> it's like, come on. It, 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 and just to your point, it's like it's reached a point where like Again, basketball is for everybody. We we love that. Whether yeah, you play it or yeah. not, if you watch the yeah. game, it's for everybody. That's what I think what we both love about it so much. Yes. yes. But long gone are the days of just, like you said, walking in, watching a dude play. I mean, like, he's hands down the best player in the gym. Instead, yeah. now, like you said, these kids are growing up knowing what a Vorp and a Raptor are. Like, what the hell? If you would have told me that when I was, like, 12 years old, I would have been like, you're out of your mind. That has nothing to do yeah, with basketball. Yeah. Exactly. And- yeah. I, to this day, I don't. I refuse to figure out what Vorp and Raptor is. Same. I just don't want to. I don't want to pollute my mind with that because I just. I know it ain't right. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So yeah, I'm not kidding. Like when I say for myself and all Philly, thank you for being one of the only people with the following and a big following to be outspoken about it because it's it's ridiculous and it's kind of like you said, it's taken away from today's right. game. Okay, friends, I want to give a huge shout out to Griffles Plasma, which if you're new to the podcast, you may not know I'm pumped about. When you feel like going and making a difference, dude, donating with Griffles Plasma is a super easy way to show your good side because your plasma donation can be a game changer for a whole lot of people. Kind of like how the Ben Simmons, James Harden trade was a major game changer for the Sixers. Every time you donate with Griffles Plasma, your one donation can be used to make up to five different medicines. That's a whole lot of good side you can share, plus you receive compensation. Now, before you go, follow the suggested Griffles Plasma wisdom. Hydrate. Hydration is vital. Donating with Griffles Plasma is safe and easy, but you always want to hydrate pregame and postgame. 
Plasma makes medicines, and a whole lot of people depend on these medicines. Donate today, find a center at grifflesplasma.com, and tell them Josh sent you. This advertisement is a paid promotion. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Are you sick of spending time caring for your lawn? Have you spent too much time mowing it or even just keeping it alive? You tired of wasting resources and money watering it? If you are like me, the answer is yes to all of those. You should consider artificial grass. Beehive Turf out of northern Utah will transform your yard into looking beautiful all year round. Check out Beehive Turf on Instagram. Give them a call today for a free quote. Beehive Turf, take the sting out of caring for your lawn. So clearly you've interviewed everybody. You've interviewed almost every single basketball player you can think of. Out of yeah. all of the players who you've sat down and just chatted hoop with, which ones have been your favorite conversations? Iverson, Kobe. Um, you know, the Iverson thing, was it happened really quick. So here I am. 2010 is like when I was like arguing with friends, just like we all do in, in group chats. Like, it, yeah. you know, Iverson should be in the league. Iverson should be in the league. Like, Iverson is still good, trust me. Like, that last little 25-game run he had in Philly, he was just out of shape because yep. they had him sitting. You know, like, he could still be serviceable off the bench yeah. or he could still start for certain teams. 2012, so I was, like, always – because, like, as a six-one guard, six-foot guard, like, I was always watching Iverson. Mm-hmm. Um, I was always studying Iverson. So th- that was the guy, right? And yeah. 2012, I'm still watching his tapes because I had to play like that kind of. And, you know, 2013, I start this this outlet. By 2015, I had gotten to the point where me and Iverson could sit down one-on-one and have a conversation. And that's it was wild. mind-boggling to me, yeah. And and that's the only time I've been kind of starstruck in this. Kobe, Kobe was amazing too, but when I saw Iverson, I was like, wow, like, you know, the man upstairs has a plan for me in this game, you know, and Uh this is just, it doesn't make any sense. Right. So, um, 
him for sure. Kobe. Uh, I, I, I like to talk to other guys as well. I just did a podcast with Fred Van Vliet. That was nice. Yep. Awesome. Um, that was a great combo. Yeah. So, you know, there's just so many different guys. I've literally Steph. There's so many. Steph was so nice. Um, the first time I spoke to him, you know, that was like a little scrum, but I got a chance to do one-on-one with him. Um, but you know, it was just like picking these guys' mind, you know, DeMar DeRozan was always cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamal Crawford was always cool. Kevin Durant was always cool. Uh, but yo, man, like the two that stand out are just AI and Kobe. Those are two pretty good ones. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's kind of the, the upper echelon yeah. there. That's pretty yeah, unreal. man, for sure. For sure. I love it. That is that is awesome. Okay, we got to talk some some hoop with you. I got to dive into this a little bit. Though what we just witnessed the last few days that took place in Las Vegas with these prospects games, I I'm trying to remember anything like this that I have seen in recent memory, and it was unbelievable. Between Victor or Scoop, both of them were awesome. But I yeah. want to know your thoughts because you've you've been very active on Twitter and tweeted out about both of them, and I agree with your yeah. takes. I just am like seeing Victor's highlights last night was like, what do you do? What do you do? I've never like a seven, four guy like this who's playing like Durant and a post game, like Embiid, like, what do you do? That's the thing. So you got to go Victor, right? You have to take Victor just because like, see the pressure is actually going to be on the franchise that takes him because now you have, now you have this prospect and you have to develop in the right way. Yep. And, and with that type of body, it can be tricky at times. Yeah. You saw with Embiid. Embiid didn't play for the first few years. Yeah. He was still he was still figuring out who he is, what his identity is. Can't because because Embiid, when he came in, he was almost an extension of the Garnets because he was stepping out, he was moving. And that's why a lot of these injuries that are happening to these body types are because we gotta ask ourselves, were seven two, seven three, seven one big men ever meant to be out there like that? You're right. And it, were I they, mean, were, it's the first time we've ever seen it. So you're right. It's yeah. like these giant bodies. And and it's sad, too, because when they get hurt, it's like you yeah. always tell yourself, you're like, well, of course, a big body like that's not meant to move like that. But there's yeah. only a handful of these dudes who are that size who can yeah. do these things. It's yeah. insane. It's insane. And and we saw with Yao Ming the way his career abruptly ended because of foot problems. And, yep. you know, just you look at the game and I'm like, He's amazing. He's the victor is out of the world, right? This is an alien, like, you know, LeBron yeah. said it best. He's like an alien. And, yes. and, you know, we're seeing a guy that's that fluid and smooth and he's catching shot, catching, catching shoot off the dribble in the post, like you said, fading away. He does everything that these upper echelon guys do, but at seven, four, you know, yeah. and my only, my only, the reason I said, like, I got, I there's see people are getting excited, but I've seen a lot of these projects. And those guys weren't as good as this guy. They weren't, I'm going to give you some names. They weren't nearly as, um, you know, they weren't highly, as t- highly touted, number one. They didn't mm-hmm. have as much hype. But we're, we've begun to see this over the last six or seven years. So I want to start with <clears throat> Anthony Davis was the first to me. He was the guy that really did this and yep. did it the right way and won. Embiid, I'll put him in that group too. He, even though Embiid developed it, he's still a big body that can step out with it. Yeah. Um, and then, but then we also saw guys like Bull Bull hasn't played. You're right. We've seen, we've seen, and you remember the initial excitement for Bull Bull was like, "Yo, wow, like this could be something." Him at Oregon, um, that was that was all everybody talked about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
You, me- you remember Isaiah Austin? He had an mm-hmm. eye issue. Yeah, at Baylor. Yeah. Baylor kid. Mm-hmm. He, he played like this too, though. He played like this, similar right. to this. Um, and then now we have Chet, and he's hurt. Yep. So there's a lot. The, the, the ceiling is, yo, he could be the best player in the league. He'd probably be the best player of all time, arguably the best yeah. player of the generation. That's the ceiling, right? Yep. Yep. But there's also, there's also room for the what if. The 7-4 body can't withstand this movement. Today's NBA analytics-based game, the reason Anthony Davis is hurt the way he is is because I don't think the seven foot seven two body was ever meant seven one body was ever meant to be moving on the perimeter this much. Yeah, he started getting hurt as this game changed. He started right. getting hurt as the, you know even Kevin Durant, even KD as of recent has yep. had injury problems because we got to ask ourselves: Are these lanky, tall, you know, bodies meant to move as much as they do in today's game yeah. from from a defensive standpoint? You got all these, it's a guard league, it's a perimeter league. So now you're rotating so much just to cut these guys off, protect yeah. the rim, all this movement. On top of that, you're stepping out and guarding them one-on-one. On top of that, you know, it's like, this is not a video game. It's not NBA Live. These are real human bodies that have to do all these things. Yeah. It's become so sporadic. The game yep. has become so sporadic. And that's because, and it's a product of analytics because they told us space and pace, you know? And yeah. what, what ended up happening, you know, because you're seeing guys get hurt more and more yeah. and, and, and you're seeing them get hurt because the tempo, the pace of the game, obviously there's the usage injuries from a young age, but there's no coincidence, man. You've seen it. We've never seen, we never saw guys miss games in our, in our time period when we were coming up watching ball. Like never, I talk about it all the time, but like seeing, you know, I feel like we were kind of, I was way too young to like really fully appreciate watching Michael Jordan. Like, him and what he did in the finals. I was like a nine-year-old kid. I'm like, I yeah, don't. Yeah, we looked I, back I, on it and saw. Yes, exactly. Being look, being able to look back, I'm like, man, I wish I just was like five years older to like genuinely appreciate this. But that era of basketball, nobody was hurt. And granted, like you said, it's a totally different game now. People have different bodies, like different usage, all of that. I get it, but it is. It's insane to see how many of these dudes who are just as athletic as a little six, four guard in his giant yeah. seven foot body. It just sucks yeah. to see him go down so often. And, and I hate, I yeah. hate to like with Chet coming in last year, it's like, well, he could be amazing, but we know he's going to get hurt. And then sure yeah. enough, he gets hurt. It just, it sucks that that's the way that this goes. Um, yeah. But you're right. I, I think what you said about Victor and about the franchise who does get him, that is the weight of the, of the freaking world is on their shoulders, wow. man, because they, they, it will be their fault if he doesn't excel and yeah. they won't get any thanks if he does excel. They'll just be like, oh, well, he's a freak. He did what he's supposed to. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, and the blueprint to follow is going to be similar to Giannis where you strengthen his base. He's, yo, as good as he is, and he's going to be impactful right away, he's yep. still a project because you have to now get his lower body really, really, really strong yeah. to where he can handle all this movement in the NBA. Yep. Number two, number two, ask yourself, you've seen how strong Joel Embiid is. Yeah. That's a big body, you know. Yep. And, you know, at, at seven four, I don't even expect Victor to be lightning quick or explosive off the dribble. Yeah. Yep. And that's why when I'm seeing him now, he's, he's, they're cutting him off. It's just that he's rising up. Yep. He's too tall. So he's going to get the shot off, right? Yep. The difference now becomes okay, Victor is moving up and down for three, four, five, six, seven straight possessions. He's mm-hmm. now protecting the rim. He's rotating. He's stepping out in the pick and roll. Next possession down, it's his time. You give him the ball. 
and Joel Embiid's on him, right? Yep. Joel Embiid's yep. gonna a Joel Embiid's gonna stiff arm him out of the paint. He's gonna yep. stiff arm him out of the mid range. He's gonna take him to the three point line pretty much. Yeah, right. And and at that point, Joel Embiid is such a big body. Assuming Joel Embiid's the guy even guarding him, yeah, he's gonna if he cuts your initial dribble off. He's long enough and strong enough to where you are. It's going to be hard to get that shot off. Yeah. It's going to be an awkward shot, you know? So there's a lot of things, man. There's a lot of, especially when your legs are working, your hips are working. You're already, you're not going to go into that move the same way you would right now, the way you're seeing him do it against these G League guys. Yeah. Um, and, and at that point, you know, like as, as incredible as it is, it's like he needs to find his offensive identity first and foremost. And the Agreed. team's going to have to find that, you know? Is he a guy that we want on the wing dancing around like this? I don't know. Is he a guy that we want him use him like KD? I don't know. Or is he a guy that we need to bulk him up a little bit, get him stronger, and have him operate out of the mid to low post like a Joel Embiid? Yep, um, yep. Where he where his secondary is okay. I can step out now. Yep. That's how I would do it. And in order to do that, would look just looking at his body. And I actually think he'll be able to put muscle on. Yeah. Just looking at his body. That's a three four year process. For sure. Same thing with Chet. Same thing yep. with Chet. That's a three, four year process. And, you know, I pray to God, none of these guys get hurt. You know, yep. I don't want to even put this energy out there, but it's for me, it's durability concerns with that body type in today's specific game. Agreed. Then on top of that, I got Scoot Henderson, who is coming into a game that's tailor-made for him. Yep. A guard oriented game, all the spacing explosive. Yeah. He's going to do exactly what the Donovan Mitchells did. He's going to do what, um, yep. the Dame Lillers did, you know, like he's going to play, he has a blueprint to follow. He yeah. has, it's, it's plug and play with Scoop. And, and John Morant, you saw him win rookie of the year, take the league by storm. It's going to be like that with Scoop. Um, at, wor- at worst, I think Scoop is an all-star guard at some point in his career. Yeah, I agree with you. He is nasty. And it's been the last, this last week has been so fun to see them actually play against each other because all the highlights of Victor I've seen, I'm like, I don't know any of these European dudes who he's playing against. Same. Like, yeah. like maybe uh, he's obviously a freak physically wise, but like, I don't know the competition he's playing against. So to see both yeah. those dudes ball out this oh, week yeah. against good yeah. competition was pretty awesome. And it was yeah, wild too both- to see everybody yeah. tweeting about, like there are games, preseason NBA games happening at the same time as these showcase yeah. games. No one even cares yeah. about the NBA games going on. Yeah. So I, I, you know, like technically I'm overthinking this. I think Victor's going to pan out and be what he's supposed to be. Yeah. Um, you know, I think Victor and school are both going to pan out and be who they're supposed to be. I just think, yeah. you know, if it really got that specific, I would, we would have to take Victor. You have to take Victor. You have to. Because Agreed. You just, you just have to take Victor. Um, but there is pressure on us immediately upon taking Victor. And yep. it's a lot of work, you know, but Scoot is like, you take Scoot, you're going to, you know what you're going to get for sure. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you know, you, you could have the shittiest staff. Scoot's just going to be able to do what he does. Yeah, and uh, that's why I said, I would call him the safer pick, not the better pick, probably the safer pick. I, I mean, in this, if I look at it, the way I'm looking at it, if, if, if the other guy, if Victor's not going to get hurt and he can handle all this, then Victor's the safer and better pick. Of course. I, I, I know what you mean. And I know exactly what you say. I like what you said, plug and play. Cause you're right. Even yeah. just watching scoop play in one game, you watch him for two seconds. You're like, Oh yeah, that dude looks like an NBA player right now. Yeah. Like he's got yeah. a handle. He can shoot it. That dude can score from all three levels. Like he's, he's nasty. For sure. Yeah, I agree. All right. Okay. Let's dive into this. It, it's a topic that everyone is talking about. The video just came out today. I have to hear your thoughts. I saw a tweet right before we started recording that you sent out. 
this whole Draymond Green, Jordan Poole situation is so wild. So just to set the tone, you play basketball, I play basketball. Anybody who hasn't played basketball, even if you've been in a group project at school, you know that there's going to be bickering and contention. That just happens. That it's it's natural. Being a, a basketball players who've played, there are little scuffles and stuff in practice. It happens all the time. You're around these dudes. It's a physical sport. I get it. That video was a whole other level. And it is way different than what they led, a, led us to believe yesterday when they when his uh, story broke. What are your yeah. thoughts on this? Because that, I mean, th- it looked like he knocked him out. Like, this is like a real cheap shot punch. Yeah. I can't believe it. Uh, man, it, that was upsetting, to be honest. Like, I don't get mad seeing things. Um, you know, I, I, my goal was to not talk about this incident till today that I had to, right? Yeah. I always try to keep it strictly basketball. I try to keep it, um, I try to keep it strictly basketball, you know, and obviously I have opinions, but sometimes I keep them to myself because my brand is just built on basketball. Now, um, when I saw that, I was like, yo, I, I have to speak on this because, you know, like we, like you said, like we know shit happens. Yeah. As a matter of fact, it's gone to the point where I've seen coaches get into it with players. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. <laughs> you know and, but that right there, just seeing him, Jordan Poole, might have been talking shit. Yeah. He was turned this way. He was looking that way. Draymond Green sucker punched him into a wall. Oh, yeah. And and it looked it looked hard. You know, Draymond has hands. You can clearly see. Yep. That was that was that was tough to see. And 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 I'm like, you know, I don't know if that two day suspension is enough. I don't know what they're gonna do, but that video leaked. And everything just changed now. And I don't I know who leaked it. I don't know who leaked it, but that shit was hard. And um, I think, you know, it was it was a bad look for Draymond because Draymond's looked at as a leader. Draymond's looked at as a vet. Draymond yep. is marketed to us as this, you know, amazing locker room guy that's like the the, the face of the Warriors, you know, and yeah. the backbone of the Warriors. But to do that to pretty much your future, you know, two guard, your future, um, the future piece of your franchise and just knock him out like that, man, it's, that's really, really bad. I I don't know what Jordan Poole must have said to get that, but that's a bad look, man. What do you think? Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you, dude. I was so shocked. Like when I heard the story, I'm like, this isn't a story. This happens all the it time. Happens. It happens yep. all the time. Yeah. Yep. And so I'm like, ah, I'm like, that's that sucks. I'm sure they'll be fine. Like it's Draymond, right? That was my thought. I'm yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. the most vocal dude. But that's the thing. That's like that's his his tagline, his calling card. It's like he's vocal. He's kind of obnoxious if you're playing against him. And as a teammate, yeah. he has your back no matter what. So when I saw that, I'm like, oh, it's just Draymond, tough love, whatever. They're going to be fine. They'll be back to the championship caliber team that they are. Same. And then, Same. and then seeing that video, I'm right there with you. It was so, it was genuinely shocking. Like, I cannot believe, I can't believe it. Yeah. And then I saw a clip this morning from Draymond's podcast talking about Jordan Poole. This was, this was a while ago um, where he mentions, like, I knew Jordan Poole was going to make it in the league because right when he came into the league, he would just talk shit nonstop to all of us yeah. in practice. And not only that, but he could back it up. So Draymond saying this, he's like, I knew that he was going to be fine. And the best yeah. he had teammates telling him like, yo, like Dre, you got to make, like make this stop. Like, and he, and he even said, no, yeah, his own words. Yeah. He's like, man, if you can't handle the trash talk, like that's your problem. So to see this happen and to hear those words straight from his mouth, that's crazy, man. I don't know what he said, but it, what a terrible look and what an awful, awful yeah. spot this puts the warriors in. It does. And, you know, for me, it's like I speak on it a lot. There's a lot of guys in my mind that would have been out of the league right now. They would have been done. 
because, Can you imagine you know, if DeMarcus Cousins did this? He's done. Like uh, uh, dudes with that label who are labeled like that, like a Montrez Harrell, uh, uh, dudes like that. Those are just the ones coming Mont- to mind. Montrez, but... Montrez Harrell, Morris Twins, Carmelo yes. Anthony, even a, even a Russell Westbrook, even if a Russell Westbrook or Pat Bev, do somebody does Pat that, Bev. and it's immediately they're like, nope, like you're off the team, yeah. you're out. Yeah, yeah, and then no one's gonna sign you because of this. Yep. It's crazy. I, I just, I'm crazy. still shocked by it. I can't believe that it happened and sorry to make you talk yeah. about it, but it just is, it no, was so shocked. Yeah. It was so shocking that like you said, I love your approach where you're like, I don't want to talk about this, but then you see the video and you're like, I have no choice, but to talk about yeah. this. Yeah. yeah. Really disappointing, really upsetting. Yeah. So let's, let's chat about something a little more, uh, a little more on beat. We'll end with this. I want to okay. hear your, your thoughts going into the season. I want to hear clearly. I want to hear your thoughts. We'll start with this. The Sixers. Where do you see them falling this year? You've been really outspoken that if James Harden, because it appears we've only seen him at one preseason game, but all the work we've seen in the videos, everything this off season, you even saw it just crossing up a little dude and putting him, breaking his ankles, uh, putting him on the floor in the preseason game. It's like, okay, he's got it. Like he's kind of got Something's it back. There, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And so I want to know your thoughts. What do you think the Sixers can do this season? Yeah, so James was actually another guy that I really, really studied and watched a lot right now. Like these past few years, he had become my favorite player. You know, it's ironic because his game, his ascension was a product of analytics. But mm-hmm. I was just, I was just like, I fell in love with the fact that like this was a guy that was coming down the court in Houston and just literally toying with defenders one on one and, you know, just making all types of shots and if you couldn't get if he if he got to, people complaining about the free throws but he was just too strong and quick yep he was getting to the line and then you know he was making his free throws and then you know he's racking up the 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 40s 50s 60s so you know when i saw james decline i knew right away i was like uh oh like you know the partying has caught up the eating has caught up yep, yep. harden lives his life man harden lives he does his life. and uh and uh you know, he has a certain body type. Him and Luca have a similar body type, bigger, um, thicker guards, uh-huh. uh, taller, and, and they get heavy, they get slow, you know? So um, I was like, in my mind, this is the best team that James Harden's ever been on yeah. so far right here. Uh, you've got Joel Embiid, who I consider probably the best big in the game, the best mm-hmm. big in the game. you got Tobias Harris is there, obviously, in his role. Um, I think Tobias Harris has to become more of a 3 and D guy now. Agreed. Uh, because – yeah, because you got now you got Matisse Thibel, you got Tyrese Ta- 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 Maxey, um, you know you got a uh, PJ Tucker is there, uh, you know, and they got a squad, man. They got a squad. They got some guys off the bench that, you know, they, you know, I like Shake Milton. I think he's going to play a little bit more this year as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they got the shooters. So this is probably the most complete. I don't count Brooklyn. Brooklyn was sixteen games. It was a broken yeah. time period. Yeah, this is the most complete team Harden has ever been on in my mind. Yeah, and this is this is the best co-star. I mean, Harden's technically the second second man here. Yeah, Embiid, Embiid's team, you know. So, I think if healthy, Philly has a really good chance of coming out of the East. Yeah, and and I think I think they have a really good chance of coming out of the East if 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 we get the James Harden. I'm not going to say Houston. It might be unrealistic to say Houston. Mm-hmm. But even if we get a little bit of a reduced version of that, similar to what we saw early in Brooklyn that first year. Yep. He had got there. He was still out of shape, but he was just such a hooper that he was putting up 45 and 15 and hitting game winners. Yeah. If 
if that James Harden shows up and, and I'm seeing things in preseason, that it looks like the spark is back a little bit. Yeah. If he can maintain that for a year, it's going to be insanely hard to stop Philly yep. because they have that one, two punch, that two man game is going to be unstoppable. You have a closer run Harden who could get that last shot off yep. at the perimeter. And then you surrounded him with shooters and Tyrese Maxey, who yep. I think merge similar to how Jordan Poole emerged for the Warriors. Yep. And be that be that creator and on many nights lead the team in scoring. So Philly has never been more complete in my mind. And Harden has never had a team and Embiid has never had a team quite like this. Yep. Um I love the Butler team. I love what ben, when you guys had Butler and mm-hmm. Ben Simmons and, and those guys. I thought I thought they they slipped it. I thought they let it slip in that second round in Toronto. They did, but, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I thought they would have won in overtime. But you know, I think this is the squad, man. And I think uh I think Philly has a really good chance. I I, I don't see I, I I just think Philly has the pieces to beat Milwaukee. I think yeah. now you can I think now you've got guys that are gonna bump with Giannis. I think you know, you got guys that Matisse Dabble, I put him on a Chris Middleton, neutralize them a little bit. Yep. It's gonna be tough for Milwaukee to do what they do against them. Agreed. Uh, they're kind of they're kind of predictable. I think um Boston, I don't know. Let's see Boston went through their own controversy. You know, are they gonna be back? Are they gonna be yep. back at where they were? Um, but I also think that's another winnable series for them. Outside of that, the Heat, they didn't the Heat, it's gonna be hard for the Heat to come back how they did, you know, because they don't have that juice, they don't have that firepower to mm-hmm. continuously go deep. Um, other than that, you know, let's see how Brooklyn is. But as of right now, Philly is my pick to come out of the East. Um, for the West, for the West, I got I got the Clippers coming out right now. So Ooh, I like it. Yeah, no, that's I how like I've seen it. it. I love it. And I'm with you on the West side uh, to talk about the Clippers for a sec. They are such. Yeah. I mean, on paper and not even on paper, like we just know who they are as players. But it's health. And that's going to be the name of the game. Feels like we haven't seen Kawhi Leonard and Paul George play together in like three years. It's br- it's brutal. But then you add a John yeah. Wall who is just itching to play basketball again. And I, I don't know, man. I, I love the Clippers squad, and I would absolutely love to see them make a run at it. That would be amazing. Man, that'd be amazing. I, I was just saying to my boy yesterday, I said, how cold would a Sixers-Clippers finals be, you know? It would be, it would be so awesome. The, another yeah, but, another finals in Philly and L.A., just not the Lakers. I would love that. That would be the greatest. Yeah. It's health for these vets, though, man. Like, I keep blaming analytics, and it's like I sound like I'm hating, but I'm not. I, I, I think a big reason these veterans are just getting hurt is, A, the mileage, and the yeah. mileage is too much to play the way that the game is being played now. Yeah. And the regular season is such a just, like, showcase, an up-and-down game that Embiid and Harden and PG and Kawhi, like these guys' bodies yeah. are not built to as because they do so much and they've done so much. Yeah. They're not they're not meant to play 80 games. They're not meant to play 70 games in this pace. So if these guys all stay healthy, I don't know who's gonna beat the Clippers in the West. Maybe the Nuggets or the Warriors are the two top contenders that could beat them. Yeah. Um, off top off top of my head, I think they would win seven game series. I think they have the pieces defensively to neutralize whoever Denver and the Golden State Warriors are bringing out. Uh, but I also think, you know, with Philly, like Philly's matching up really well with all the top teams in the East right now, man. Yep, I agree. It's the name of the game, health, and keeping those old guys just fresh for the playoffs. Like, yes, I, I yes. couldn't agree more. Okay, one last one before you go. Who's your MVP prediction? It's so loaded this year. To make it easier on yeah. you, here's who I got. And I would love, absolutely love Embiid to get finally win that award. 
I sadly yeah. don't think I think that that last year was like his prime year to win it. I've got Luca. I think Luca is finally yeah. gonna. He's always like flirted with the conversation. I think this year he's gonna actually solidify it. Yeah. So I see Luca is. It feels like it's due. It feels yep. like it's due with Luca, right? And um, it feels like he's about to enter. Remember how James Harden was always in the MVP combo? Yep. Feels like that's what's about to happen. It's about to start. It's gonna happen. But here's the thing. I don't think Luca has the team to do it in the West. You're right. Who, who, who? If you look at that Mavs roster, Luca does not have a co-star that's on par no. with all these other guys. And that that West is tough, man. Like it depends. If Luca has them as a top four seed, he's for sure the MVP. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And and I hate how they gave it to Jokic as a six seed, which was weird. But now you open the door to do that. You're and, right. You're right. You, know, you do. You that that do was that. one of my biggest arguments. I'm like, how on earth are you yeah. giving this to Jokic? Look where his team's at and where Embiid's yeah. at. But you're right. It did. It opened the door wide yeah. open for it. it. It it opened the door now, and that's okay. And they're going to come up with some formula to make it work. So maybe, <laughs> yeah. but, 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 I mean, that West is tough. I don't know where Dallas falls. You're right. If Dallas falls, if Dallas falls five, six, seven, eight, is that enough? So I don't know. Um, you're right. But he is my pick as well. Yeah. I'm assuming, and because I think he's that damn good that yep. he could will Dallas, he could will Dallas to a four or five seed like a LeBron would have. He Agreed. could will, he could will him, you know. So Luca, I mean, I think Embiid, like you said, the window that moment was last year. Yeah, um, they, he just never, they just never got behind him enough, and yep. he never had that. He never had that formula. He never had that crowd behind him. <laughs> never had it. it. Never had the media fully behind him. So. You know, I mean, who else could who else could it be? Who else? Who else? Like maybe maybe if Memphis were to repeat what they did, I don't think they will. John Morant, maybe. Agreed. I I I talked about this on a, a past episode, but I agree with you. If Memphis can somehow repeat, even losing guys like DeAnthony Melton to Philly or Kyle Anderson, he's gone too. It's like those are yeah. big pieces that actually like produce for them. When Jaw was sure. out, Melton led them as their starting point guard. They won like twenty games. Yeah. So you yeah, I got Melton now. So, he's, dude, no, he's gonna be nasty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I feel you. I and I love Jaw. I love Jaw. I love yeah. the Grizzly style of play. I absolutely love it. But yeah. you're right. If, if somehow he can do it with those guys gone, then yeah, of course you got to throw his name in the conversation. But yeah, it's yeah. it's it's gonna be interesting, man. And and uh, everybody just wants to talk about the Lakers constantly. And I just think their roster as it. LeBron is LeBron. Like that's yeah. it. He's LeBron. We know what he's gonna do. As sad as it is, I would love it if he'd prove me wrong, Anthony Davis, to be healthy and play a full season again. I would love that. As a basketball fan, yeah. I want yeah. everybody healthy. I want to see good basketball. Yeah. But I just think that roster and adding Beverly is – I just – I think they're weird. kind of a – yeah, they're, they're a little it's bit weird. of a nightmare. So, so that's another thing, like the, the MVP question. If Anthony Davis is to come out and say, I'm Anthony Davis, I am going to dominate – anyone in my way this year and I'm going to go do what Embiid and Jokic have been doing and what Giannis has been doing. I'm going to go put up, I'm going to go, let's just give me the ball. Give me the ball where I want the ball. LeBron, you do you. Russ, figure this out. We're going to go as I go. If he is to come out and put up 28, like the 12 and like whatever, I think the Lakers could, could end up vetoing whatever system they have and just on the strength of Anthony Davis, he takes him somewhere possibly ends up as MVP with the Lakers as the top four or five seed. I agree with that. But, but like you said, man, I got at this point, at this point, like I wouldn't bet on that because of the, the, the health, the durability. Yep. Yep. It's, 
it seems like it's very hard for him, and that's another guy that's been affected by this pace. Yeah. Playing up and down. Can guys stay healthy? Can vets stay healthy? Yep. We're in the middle of that, and that question is going to be asked soon. Can veterans even get through the season? The You're season right. is like Survivor. The regular season is like Survivor. Yes. Now, it really is. Who's going to make it out? Who's yep. going to make it out? You know? And yeah. uh, that's it, man. But other than that, the Lakers are a weird mix. They won't win. They won't They won't no. win the West. They, they won't make the West Finals. But let's see. Let's see. Maybe they could get a playoff spot. Would love that. It's better for basketball. I would, li- I would like them better to be good. LeBron, LeBron is too big of a name to not be in the playoffs, you know? Yep. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. My guy, I can't, I can't even thank you enough. I love this. Anytime I can chat hoop with somebody who I see eye to eye with, for real. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for jumping on here. Tell the uh, listeners where they can uh, find you at. Man, ball don't stop. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, uh, YouTube, um, Spotify, Apple. Simple as that. Everywhere. And, uh, yeah, everywhere. You could go on our website if you want to look at old content and see what we've really done in the past. And there's a lot of stuff that people don't know about. It's all on there. All our interviews, all everything's on there. And, uh, you know, I appreciate you for having me on, man. So this is a great convo. I love these. And uh, I love meeting real people that like basketball and actually talk basketball. Okay, Kim, you're the man. Thank you so much, brother. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you. I hope you enjoyed my conversation. Again, what a dude. Shout out to Kim. He's the man. Uh, I'm not kidding. I'm literally going to make it up to uh, one of his pro-ams, whether it's in Toronto or Vancouver. So excited about that. Again, hope you all had a fantastic week. Excited to chat next week because we'll actually have regular season NBA basketball to talk about. Can't even tell you how ecstatic I am. I would try, but my voice officially might give out, and uh, I'm not looking for that. I need it this week. So hope you all have a fantastic week. Birds are 6-0. and Phillies against the Padres. Let's take care of that. Go to the World Series. And uh, let's start the season off with a bang. Here's my prediction for the Sixers. We get off to a hot start. Very similar to the 2001 season with AI when he led us to the finals. I'm feeling very similar vibes. uh, And I think we're going to come out of the gate swinging. Expect the Sixers to go on a win streak. I'm calling it right now. I think it's going to happen. And I can't wait to see it. Hope you all have a fantastic week. I love you all. Giveaway coming soon. It's going to be Utah Jazz related. So shout out my Jazz fans. Take a look on Instagram and Twitter because it's coming out. So again, love you all. Appreciate you all. Drop a review. Five stars. Give me all of that love. I really appreciate it. You guys are the best. And uh, that's all, folks. From data privacy to the future of TV, retail media, and beyond, the world of digital marketing is constantly in flux. So how can you keep up? Well, The Current Report is there for you. Each week, marketing leaders on the cutting edge give you the latest insight. So if it's creating a buzz, they'll be talking about it. Subscribe to The Current Report wherever you get your podcasts. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. 
Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.